My Favorite Theorem. I'm your host, Evelyn Lamb. I'm a freelance math and science writer based in Salt Lake City. And today I am not joined by my co-host, Kevin Knudsen. Um, today I am solo for a very special episode of My Favorite Theorem because I am at MathFest, the annual summer meeting of the Mathematical Association of America. Um, this year it's in Chicago, a city I love. I lived here for a couple years and it has been very fun to be back here with the big buildings and uh, the lake and everything. Um, there are about 2,000 other mathematicians here, if I understand correctly. Um, it's a very busy few days, lots of talks to attend and friends to see, and I am very grateful that Amy Radnuskaya has taken the time to record this podcast with me. So will you tell me a little bit about yourself? So, hi, Evelyn. Thanks. I'm happy to be here at MathFest and talking to you. It's a very fun conference for me. Um, by way of introduction, I am the current president of the Association for Women in Mathematics, and I'm a math professor at Pomona College in Claremont, which is a small liberal arts college in the Los Angeles County. My PhD was in ergodic theory, something I'm going to talk about a little bit. I, I went to Stanford for my doctorate, and before that, I was an undergraduate at Berkeley. So I grew up in in Berkeley, and it was very hard to leave. But yeah, I, <laughs> you I, find, fall in love with the Bay Area if you go there. It's it's a uh, it's a place dear to my heart. But I was actually born in Chicago. Oh, really? And um, so I used to visit my grandparents here, and it brings back memories of the. Museum of Science and Industry and all those cool exhibits. So yeah. um, I'm loving being back here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we lived in Hyde Park when we were here. So, yeah. So you know, that. I think I was born industry. there, Hyde Park. Oh, yep. Yep. good my, for you. <laughs> my dad was one of the first um, PhDs in statistics from the University of Chicago. Oh, nice. Although he later became an economist. Mm -hmm. Cool. So, what is your favorite theorem? So I'm thinking today my favorite theorem is the Birkhoff ergodic theorem. And it's I like it because it's a very visual theorem. Can I kind of explain to you what yeah. it is? Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure if you know what ergodic means. I actually first went into the area because I thought it was such a cool word. Ergodic. Yeah, it is a cool word. <laughs> and, and I found out it comes from the word, Greek word ergod for path. So I've always loved mathematics that describes change and, and structures evolving. So before I was a mathematician, I was a uh, professional cellist for about 10 years. And music and math are sort of as one in my mind. And yeah. that's why I think I'm particularly attracted to to the kind of mathematics and the kind of theory that describes how things change, what's expected, what's unexpected. Mm -hmm. um, what do we see coming out of, of a process, a dynamical process? So we, before I can uh, state the theorem, uh, I need to tell you what ergodic means. Yeah. So it's an adjective. It means, um, so we're talking about a function and we say a function is ergodic if it takes points. Imagine, you know, you put a point, a, a value into a function and you get out a new function. Put that value back in to the function and you get a new value. And repeat that over and over and over again. 
And now uh, the function is ergodic if this if that set of points are visits everywhere in the space. Mm-hmm. So we say, more technically, a function's ergodic if the invariant sets, the sets it leaves alone, the sets that get mapped to themselves, are either the whole space or virtually nothing. So as uh, functions ergodic, maps ergodic, if the invariant sets either have, we say, measure, full measure, uh, or zero measure. So mm-hmm. if you know anything about probability, you can think it's with probability one uh, yeah, you know, or, or probability, probability zero. Yeah, so yeah. I kind of think that's an easy way to think about measure. Yeah, and I think I've heard people uh, describe ergodic as the time average is equal to the space average. So kind of things are distributing very evenly when you look at long time scales. Mm-hmm. Is that... Well, that's exactly the ergodic theorem. So that's actually a theorem. That you <laughs> oh just <said>. no! <laughs> no, that's so that's cool that you've heard of that. Um, so the so what I just said was something's ergodic if if the sets that it leaves unchanged are either everything or nothing. Mm-hmm. So these these points we call them the orbits kind of go everywhere around the set. But that doesn't tell you how often they visit a particular piece of your space. Mm-hmm. Whereas the ergodic theorem, so there are two versions of it, though my favorite one is the what they call the point-wise ergodic theorem, because I think it's easier to visualize, okay. and it's uh, attributed to Birkhoff, so sometimes it's called the Birkhoff ergodic theorem, and it says exactly what you just, what <laughs> you just said. If we have an ergodic function, and then we look at, we start with a point and we sort of average it over many, many applications of the function or iterations of the function so that's the the time average we think of it because if you think of applying this function once every time unit the time average is the same as the integral of that function over the space that's the space average Mm -hmm. so you can either take the function and you know, see where it, what it looks like over the entire space and integrate it. And remember, that gives you, like, sizes of sets as well, right? So you yeah. might have, like, your space, your function, might be really big, say, in the middle of the space. So when you, you know, integrate it over that piece, you know, you'll get a big hump. And it says that if I start iterating at any point, any point, this function, it'll spend a lot more time in the space where, where that function is big. So the time average is equal to the space average. And that is the Birkhoff pointwise ergodic theorem. And I think it's really cool because it, uh, if you think about, say, if you've ever seen pictures of fractal attractors or something, Mm -hmm. so often these dynamical systems, these functions we're looking at, are ergodic on their attractor, on, you know, they'll get all the points get sucked into a certain subset, and then on that subset, they stay on it forever and move around. So they're ergodic on that attractor. Yeah. So if we just, say, take a computer and start start with a number and plug it in our function and keep iterating, or maybe it's a two-dimensional number vector, you know, mm-hmm. or, uh, or maybe it's even a little shape. Yeah. And you start iterating, and then you see a pattern appear because that point is visiting that set in exactly the right amount. So certain parts are darker, certain parts are lighter. Yeah. And it's as if, if, I don't know if in the old days, remember before digital cameras, 
we would actually develop photographs. <laughs> and it was, it was so magic. And you'd put that blank page in the developing fluid and you'd kind of see it gradually appear. And it's just like that. The ergodic theorem gives us that magical appearance of these shapes of the attractors. Yeah. Oh, that's a fun, fun image. Like, I'm almost imagining a Polaroid picture where it's slowly, you know, yeah. kind of see, see that coming out. Yeah, uh, it's the same yeah. idea. The same idea. Mm-hmm. And the other, if you want to think about it in other ways, if you're experiencing this process, so you, you know, you are the, the point, <laughs> you know, when you're going around your life, if you're ergodic, if your life is ergodic, I think a lot of times it is, it says that, you know, you'll keep bumping into certain things more often than others. Yeah. What are those things you'll bump into more often? Well, the things that maybe have higher measure for you, have higher... <laughs> meaning or yeah. something. Oh, that's, so that's a really beautiful. A <laughs> yeah, that's a beautiful way to think about it, you know. I guess it's yeah, you kind of choose what you're doing but you're you're guided by this by this. <laughs> Maybe I call it one measure of uh, I put on my life is I call the fun factor. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. So, yeah. you know, maybe your fun factor is higher, you'll go there more often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it also says something about you can choose to live your, like, if you know what you value, you can choose to live your life so you do visit those places more. That's a good, you know, let the ergodic theorem guide you in your life. Yep, yep. Yeah. Okay, so what have you chosen to pair with this theorem? So the theorem, it has a lot of motion in it, right? A lot of motion, a lot of visualization. I think as far as... um, Music is not not so hard to think of of an ergodic musical idea because music is, after all, structures evolving through space. Right? Yeah, exactly. So um, I don't know. I think I would pair Steve Reich's violin phase. Do you know that piece? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what it, what it is? Um, it's a it's a phrase on the violin. Then you hear another another copy of it playing at the same time. And it's a repetitive phrase, but one of them gets slightly out of phase with the other. And more and more and more and more. And what you hear are how those two combine in different ways as they get more mm-hmm. and more and more and more out of phase. And if you think of that visually, you might think of a, a rotating a circle, you know, bit by bit by bit. And yeah. in fact, we know irrational rotations of a circle are good. Mm-hmm. You visit everywhere, so you see here all these different combinations of these patterns. So Steve Reich, violin face, he has a lot of sort of pattern music. Yeah. Some of it is less ergodic. <laughs> you only hear certain things together, but I think that that continuous phase thing is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I've, I think I've heard it as piano phase more often than violin phase. It's a different piece. Um, he wrote a bazillion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess the same same idea. And I, I really like your circle analogy. I almost imagine that maybe the notes are, are like gears sticking out of this circle, and you see they line up sometimes. Because even when the, it's not completely back in phase, sometimes, you know, the notes are playing at the same time, but a different part of the phrase. Right. And, uh yeah, they, they almost like lock in together for a little while and then turn a little bit more and get out again and lock in again at a different point in the phrase. So, uh-huh. Yeah, that's a really neat it's visual. Cool. Have you have you performed uh, much Steve Reich music? Um, 
I've performed some, mostly his ensemble pieces, which are really fun because mm-hmm. you have to, um, you know, focus. Oh, there's one, one of my favorites of his is called clapping music because you can do it with just two people. Yeah. And it's a, it's the same idea as a violin phase, but it's a discrete um, shift each time. So okay. a, a shift by, a, by an eighth note. So the, the pattern's like... Okay, now, Matt, and you just, one person claps that over and over and over, same. The other person claps the same rhythm, but then shifts it by one eighth note each time. Mm-hmm. So, um, since that pattern is 12 beats long, you come back to itself after 12 beats. So, it's yeah. sort of been discretized, but you do it each one twice at 24, mm-hmm. and so it's long enough to... Yeah, so that's kind of a, a non-ergodic one. That would be a periodic that's transformation. A periodic, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, oh, cool. and so that one I do a lot. Be, I do a lot when I give um, talks about how we can describe mathematics with musical manifest. It's musical manifestation, but we can also describe music mathematically. So, yeah, um, well. Just like you, music example. is also one of my loves, is too. I, I played viola for a long time ah. and have never never performed any Steve Reich, and I'm glad you didn't ask me to spontaneously perform <laughs> clapping music with you. I think that would be tough to do, do on the spot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll do that once we hang out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But as far as, But as far as foods, we can also, you know, I think there are some great pairings of foods with the ergodic theorem. I mean... Uh, in fact, I think we apply the ergodic theorem often in cooking. Yeah, I guess. Because, you know, you kind of mix stuff up. So just think yeah. of mixing stuff up. So one thing I like to do sometimes is make noodles. Um, so from, you know, with a roller thing and you put it. Oh, you know, you, you, from scratch. You, yeah, you, you just get flour, you get some eggs. Mm-hmm. Or if you're vegan, you get some water or whatever. Yeah. But, um, and then... And then that's all it. That's the ingredients. You got to mix those up, and you put it through this roller thing. You know, you fold it, and you do it again. So you can imagine things are getting quite mixed up. And mm-hmm. when it, what's really cool is, I don't know if you've ever eaten something they call in Italy paglia e fieno, no straw, <laughs> straw and hay. Okay. And all it is is pasta colored green. And, you know, so they put a little spinach in one of them. Mm-hmm. And the other one, they don't put any spinach in. So you've got white and green noodles. So when you put this pieces, you, you cook some spinach, got your dough, you know, and then you put a, some blobs of spinach in. Mm-hmm. And then you start mushing it around and cranking it through. And you see the blobs, like, make these cool streaks and then... And the patterns are amazing yeah. until it's sort of uniformly, more or less, mm-hmm. um, green. Yeah. So I'd say um, polyafiena, you know, we'll put on some Steve Reich, and yeah. then, and there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> great. A double pairing. I yeah. like it. But you probably yeah. think of other things that you mix up. Yeah, I guess a lot of, but in, in the pasta, you really see it, like you were saying, you see it going kind of, almost like taffy also when you see yeah, pulling taffy, really, like a, yeah. you, you can almost, yeah, see how it's getting transformed it's, like it's that. it's getting um, mushed around. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking sure, to me Ellen. about the Burkhoff Ergodic <laughs> Theorem, and hope you have a good rest of Math Fest. You too, Evelyn. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
Thanks for listening to My Favorite Theorem, hosted by Kevin Knudsen and Evelyn Lamb. The music you're hearing is a piece called Fractalia, a percussion quartet performed by four high school students from Gainesville, Florida. They are Blake Crawford, Gus Knudsen, Del Mitchell, and Bao Chan Wen. You can find more information about the mathematicians and theorems featured in this podcast, along with other delightful mathematical treats, at Kevin's website, kpknudsen.com, and Evelyn's blog, Roots of Unity, on the Scientific American Blog Network. We love to hear from our listeners, so please drop us a line at myfavoritetheorem at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Kevin's handle on Twitter is at NivikNazdunk, that's Kevin spelled backwards, followed by Knudsen spelled backwards, and Evelyn's is at Evelyn J. Lamb. The show itself also has a Twitter feed. The handle is M-Y-F-A-V-E-T-H-M. That's at my favorite theorem. Join us next time to learn another fascinating piece of mathematics.